Is it purpose or focus? That drive that pushes. Photographer made it happen. Fashion design made it happen. Arthur made it happen. Artist made it happen. I'm here to tell you it takes focus and drive to push yourself to achieve your special place in life. You made it happen. I'm Linda Johnson, your host, and welcome to They Made It Happen. Time now for my truth. Breast cancer occurs mainly in women, but men can get it too. People, many people don't realize that men have breast tissue and that they can develop breast cancer. Cells in nearly any part of the body can become cancer and can spread to other areas. Breast cancer starts when cells in the breast begin to grow out of control. These cells usually form a tumor that can often be seen on an x-ray or felt as a lump. The tumor is malignant cancer. If the cells can grow into invade surrounding tissues or spread metastasize to distant areas of the body. Until puberty, on an average around 9 or 10, young boys and girls have a small amount of breast tissue consisting of a few ducts located under the nipple and areola, area around the nipple. At puberty, our gross ovaries make femur hormones, causing breast ducts to grow and lobules to form at end of ducts. Even after puberty, boys and men normally have low levels or female hormones, and breast tissue doesn't grow much. Men's breast tissue has ducts, but only a few, if any, lobules. Breast cancers can start from, from different parts of the breast. Most breast cancers begin in the ducts that carry milk to the nipple ductal cancers. Some start in the glands that make breast milk, lobular cancers. Men have these ducts and glands too, even though they aren't normally functional. These, basically, there are are other types of breast cancer that start in other types of breast cells, but those ones are, they're less common. A small number of cancers start in other tissues in the breast. These cancers are called sarcomas and lymphomas, and are not really thought of as breast cancers. Although many types of breast cancer can cause a lump in the breast, not all do. There are other symptoms of breast cancer that you should watch for and report to a healthcare provider. You really should just just do the self-breast exam that my guest is going to speak to you about. It's also important to understand that most breast lumps are benign and not cancer. They're not malignant. Benign breast tumors are abnormal growths, but they do not spread outside of the breast and they are not life-threatening. Any breast lump or change needs to be checked by a healthcare provider to determine whether it is benign or malignant cancer and whether it might impact your future cancer risk. These lymph symptoms is a network of lymph or lymphatic vessels found throughout the body. The lymph vessels carry lymph fluid and connect lymph nodes. Lymph nodes are small, bean-shaped collections of immune system cells. Lymph vessels are like small veins, except they carry a clear fluid called lymph instead of blood away from the breast. Lymph contains tissue fluids and waste products as well as immune system cells. So that's just a little background about 
where breast cancer can start and how it starts and why it begins and why men are also at risk for breast cancer. So you have to do your breast self exams, just like women do, you know, under the armpit, in your breast area, around your nipple, and across your clavicle. So check that out and do a little bit more research for yourself, men, because men can get breast cancer as well. And we want you all to live. And the key is early detection. And that's all of our truth. It's time for my favorite part of the show, Pathway. I am so pleased to have with me on They Made It Happen, one of my dear friends, Miss Pearl Lawson. And she is going to be here to speak to you about breast cancer awareness. And she's going to talk to you a little bit about a few other things as well. So welcome to the show, Pearl Lawson. Good evening, Linda. Thank you for having me tonight. I'm so excited uh, for the opportunity to share with your listening viewers and to just uh, have a great converse, some conversations with you. Yes, exactly. I am so pleased that you're here as well. So Pearl, tell me a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your backgrounds for my listeners. Oh, wow. Well, my name is Pearl Lawson. As you know, I am a native of Waukegan, Illinois. Um, I'm a mother, a grandmother, but most of all, a child of God. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a widow of eight years, mm. married to a wonderful man of God. Um, I am uh, an avid knitter crocheter, and um, a breast cancer advocate. Um, yes, and I, enjoy, I love life. I enjoy uh, just so many things in life. You know, I just love nice things. I love worshiping God. I love um, my family. I enjoy being with my family. I love just about everything, food, uh, fashion shows, you know, just everything. Yes, yes. Because I, yeah, I've seen you walk the catwalk, run the, you walk the runway, and you are amazing. Well, you do you. a really, really, really good job. And you're always kind of like downplay it, like you're an amateur or something, but you got that. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> yeah, and I've had the pleasure of being in, in your company a few times when we, at a church function that we had, and we had a fashion show. It was so much fun. And you, you just brought a lot of light to it. And uh, you did, you really did. And I, I enjoyed that. And I enjoy the times we've gone out to dinner and showing me the sights and the shy. I love all of that. But well, you have it. Well, thank you, Linda. Again, I want to thank you for um, reaching out to me to be able to share with the public and to share with your listening viewers and to just um, really share on a much needed topic, as we know, breast yeah. cancer. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's a number one as it relates to um, women being diagnosed, a form of a cancer. Right now, they're saying it's the number one cancer. 
um, one out of eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime. Um, but what we want to do is make sure that it's early if they're going to be diagnosed, because that's really important. Early detection is a key. And if it's early, it's a 98% survival rate. If it's caught at the early stage, it's not a death sentence. Um, I am a 27-year breast cancer survivor, um, was healed of breast cancer 27 years ago, have not had any reoccurrence, to God be the glory. Mm -hmm. uh, diagnosed with stage 2B cancer. I was about 29 and a half years old at that time um, and uh, was uh, felt, felt a lump. Um, um, but it started, it felt a tenderness underneath my armpit. Um, it felt like a sensation when it, when you shave underneath your arm and it's kind of tender afterwards. And it felt like that. And I had mentioned it to my late husband that I had felt a lump. And at that time, um, I, it was time for my yearly pelvic exam. And every woman should also be getting that as well. Um, and there was time for me to have my visit with the gynecologist, my yearly exam. And I mentioned it to my uh, gynecologist and he says, well, let's have it. Have you have a mammogram and an ultrasound? Because typically women um, at your age group have what we we call a benign tumor between the ages of 15 and 30. And so we started off with um, an, a mammogram and then went on to do an ultrasound, a targeted ultrasound, where they zoomed in in that area to, to get a better look at it. Well, both of those exams came back showing cloudiness. And so my gynecologist said, well, let's go ahead and get that biopsy, by doing a needle biopsy. So at that point, we moved on and did a needle biopsy. Well, that came back showing cancer cells. Um, and from there, we had to make some decisions. I knew something was not, I knew something was wrong because I hadn't been feeling myself 100%. I had been feeling tired. Uh, when, you know, when you go to bed tired, you wake up tired. It was just a lot of drain. I was feeling very fatigued and lethargic. And so I knew something was going on with my body. Um, and so when it came back showing cancer cells, I knew that, you know, once the tumor was removed, and even after they um, did the needle biopsy, I was feeling a little better because of what they do is they take part of the, the tumor out and, and have it, you know, have it looked at. And, um, and so with that, the pathologists, you know, they do the review and they figure out what's going on and examine it. And mm -hmm. so like I came back showing cancer cells. And then from there, um, um, I had some decisions to make. Right. Um, whether to have a lumpectomy or to have a mastectomy. A lumpectomy is when they take partial breasts away. The mastectomy is when they take the entire breast away. And I opted to have a mastectomy. Being the age that I was at the time, I felt that it was imperative that I have it removed. I want to take a chance of perhaps cells being left behind and then it metastasized to different areas. So I felt like this needed to be handled aggressively. And um, so with that being said, I had um, I also had four rounds of chemotherapy, very strong dosage of chemotherapy. 
Uh, I lost all my hair, but of course it grew back. And when it grew back, it grew back like a wildfire. I mean, it grew back long, thick. And and since then, of course, you know, you cut it and, you know, and do whatever the years, but it grew back. Uh, And then during that time, I remember my nails turning colors from the chemo because what the chemo does, it kills off even the good cells during that time. Right. But once once I was done, you know, um, everything grew back and it grew back beautiful. My skin, everything was, you know, pretty again, even than before. And so I went through to get through. You know, we oftentimes in life, we go through some things um, that um, brings us to our knees, of course. But through the grace of God, I made it through and I went through. I didn't stay there, but I went through. Um, so 27 years later, I'm still here. And I will be an old lady when I leave here. I will be 99, <laughs> close to 99. I'll be in my 90s. Um, so I've got a lot of living to do. I'm busy for the Lord. I'm busy um, in the community doing um, what I've been called to do. So this was put in my hands after mm-hmm. going through. When we go through something, the lesson is to now go back and help those who are going through it and make exactly. sure they uh, so that was so that that kind of gives you an idea of the background, you know, how it came, how I became an advocate. Um the like I said getting through the chemo, uh, the treatment. Um, um, Of course, I had some days where I didn't feel good because chemo is a very powerful drug. I mean, it literally can lay you on your back, knock you out, days where you don't feel like getting up doing things. And then when you you start feeling better, it's time to have the next dose. So um, after going through that, um, like I said, the tumor... um, no more, nothing, no more reoccurrence. And, and again, um, by the grace of God, and I want, what I want the listener viewers to remember is we have to do our part. We, we talk about God healing. I knew that it's true and it's a, and it, and it just comforted me during that time. But I also had family members here helping mm-hmm. me through. Uh, my late husband, um, he helped nurse me back to good health. Um, my my mom and family members, they were all there for me. People I didn't know, I got to know during that time. So I got to know a whole group, a new group of people during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that nothing was wasted during that during that time. And, and it's still not wasted, meaning that what I've gone through was not a waste at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just very blessed and fortunate. But what I want mm-hmm. to know, what I want women to know out here is it's important to, to know your body. When something does not feel right, you need to check it out. Uh, mammograms are really important. It's important that we get those yearly mammograms. It's important that we do our monthly self-examination. Examine your breasts. Get to know your body. Uh, take your hand and you go around the breast, underneath the armpits, across the collarbone, uh, you really need to examine and then get a yearly physical. Mm-hmm. That's important that the doctor examines you as well, mm-hmm. because maybe you can't pick it up. 
You know, um, that, that, that is something really because that you just said, as far as how you go about doing the self examinations that you do yourself monthly and, yeah. but across the collarbone, I didn't know that one. I didn't know about that. Yes. Yes. You should take your hand and even go across your collarbone Wow, because that's still part of the chest wall, right? Near mm-hmm. the chest wall. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. Thank you for that bit of knowledge because I really did. I might do everything else, you know, but I never really knew to do that. And so I'm sure that some of my listeners didn't realize that as well. So make yeah. sure when you're doing those breast self exams that you go across the collarbone, because like Pearl yeah. said, that's a part, yeah. you know, that that's, that's crazy. And what you experienced, um, no one ever, when they feel something different going on in their body and they go to the doctor, they never want to find out or hear the C word or hear that diagnosis of that you have cancer. And it's very, very scary. But like you just said, if you do what you need to do, you do your monthly self-breast exams, you get your yearly physical, you get your mammograms when you need it and your physical other other examinations that you need. Take care of yourself. Take a few hours a year to take care of yourself and do the self-breath exam. Because like you said, Pearl, a cancer diagnosis isn't a death sentence. And I think once we hear it, we think, oh my God, this is the worst that can ever happen. I've got six months or whatever. But you also, I think you have to be positive and be in a spiritual place. When I say that, you need to know your God. You need to know that he is able to strengthen you and give you what you need when you need it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, part of, you know, we, 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 with prayer there, we have to have action too, you know, mm-hmm. um, God will heal us on our way, right? meaning going to do those things, right. you know, you can't expect God works through doctors. He works through medicine. He does. He really does. And I, I tell and people that God works through doctors, you know, just, you know, you, you pray and then you wait, but go to the doctor, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm always reminded by Second uh, Kings chapter five. We, we in, in that book, we find a, a man by the name of Naaman, mm-hmm. who was a man, a man of valor, who was hit, you know, had leprosy. And he wanted to be healed of leprosy, but he didn't want to do the work initially. But out of his acts of obedience, he was healed of leprosy. He had to go and dip himself in the Jordan River several right. times. <laughs> and then he was very angry. And if we read that, we'll find that he was very angry because he had to go dip himself in the Jordan River. He even said, why not this other river? Why not this one? Why not that one? But why the Jordan? Exactly. And, and the prophet spoke to him and told him what he needed to do. Right. And why he needed to do it. And out of his acts of obedience, he was healed. So when he went ahead, even through his anger, he went and he was obedient. He dipped himself in the Jordan River seven times and was healed of leprosy. So out of our acts of obedience, suppose I had got angry with God and said, I don't want to do chemo. Well, God could certainly he could have healed me without the chemo. But through the acts of obedience, I believe that I was healed already. But just being obedient and doing what I needed to do. 
You know what I mean? Yes, so, I do. Yes. <laughs> you know, so some things is just obedience. Mm-hmm. And then when we do it, we will find um, that we are healed. And, and and sometimes it's not even about the medicine. It's not even about the diagnosis. It's about maybe touching lives through what we're going through. Because at the mm-hmm. bottom line, there's lives that need to be touched. You're People right. Need, uh, um, encouraged. And so that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? I do know. And, you know, like I was saying, sometimes um, from what you were saying, I got this. You have to be in a good place with yourself. You know, you can't give up. You know, you can't throw in the towel once you hear that diagnosis. You can't throw in the towel and say, you know, I'm done. Life is over for me. You know, you have to be positive. You know, you have to have joy. You have to find joy, even though you're going through the probably some of the worst times in your life, you have to have that joy. You have to find joy. You have to be optimistic and think positive. You know, that's all a part of it. You have to be positive because I know people tell me all the time, I, I was sick and I went through this illness and I went through that illness, but because I was very optimistic and I always was happy. I try to make myself happy doing the things that I enjoy to the best of my ability. And I just kept upbeat. That helps you because if, yes. you, if you take that diagnosis and you start feeling like, you know, I'm done, I can't do this. You're sad. You're having pity party after pity party. That's not good for your healing. No, it's the not. process, right? Right. It's about attitude. Like you said, yeah. it's an attitude. It's with anything in life. We know that mm-hmm. we have, uh, uh, if we have a bad outlook on it, it's going to be that. Exactly. If we have a good outlook and we have faith and we think positive and we really get in touch with the mind, body and spirit because it becomes a connection and everything has to be in sync. It does. And sync. It's going to be because we know that when people are on a mission and on on a journey and when they say, I'm going to do this and the mind, body and spirit and everything is connected, it gets done. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. You're right. You're absolutely 100 percent correct. I want to ask you about some of the fundraisers and the and the organizations you have become a part of over the years in terms of uh, getting the word and the message out about about breast cancer. What have you been doing? Well, um, I'm still with the American Cancer Society. I have been, oh my goodness, a volunteer probably over 20 something years now. I'm actually um, part of the regional board. I'm a a regional board member right now with the American Cancer Society. And I have been for the most of the last five years, a a board member. But over the last 20 years, I have actually um, been in key positions, trained a trainer for the American Cancer Society, where I trained um, a lot of the Reach to Recovery um, volunteers. Um, I have um, also did Reach to Recovery myself, where I would actually talk to new, newly diagnosed patients over the phone oh, wow. and um, encourage them and um, really uh, they needed someone when they were newly diagnosed to talk with, and I would be that person on the end of the phone. I have actually volunteered at all of uh, the walks, and I still do the walks and volunteer with the American Cancer Society, and I raise funds, uh, meaning that making strides for breast cancer is a, is a yearly walk for women, 
So I help to uh, raise funds for that so that that money goes toward cancer research and, and clinical trials. And then that's real important for African-Americans because what we really need to be um, involved in is some of those clinical trials because they help to determine how to uh, treat the cancers. Oftentimes we are left out of those trials because we don't participate. Mm. And so it makes it hard for us to be treated. Um, and we don't always, um, sometimes the, um, the, the um, it, we don't fare as well as mm. our Caucasian counterparts because we haven't been a part of the clinical trials. And so it's important that we get in those clinical trials so that they can know how to treat our cancers. That makes uh, more, so much sense. Yeah, more African-American women pass away, uh, succumb to breast cancer than our Caucasian counterparts because, again, we haven't been in the clinical trials. And so when we get diagnosed, we get hit so hard many times. And we and so that's why many, many of us are afraid. Right. Because they don't really see anybody survive. Mm. They, didn't, they didn't see an aunt, a mother, a cousin or whatever, and they just think it's a death sentence. So many of them are afraid to even go when they find out they have a lung. But that's where people like myself and others who have survived, that's where we kick in. And that's where we tell them we don't, we don't keep it hush-hush. When we find a lump, we go forth and we do something about it. And we let them know that you can live through this. This is not a death sentence. Yes, that's what I want people to realize. It's not a death sentence. Had I not shared my story, no one would have known that I had even gone through it. No, they wouldn't have known it. No, no. And then, you know, when God is involved, he he leaves no residue behind. Um, So with that being said, it's important for us to share the story. It is. Um, I did not want this to be a secret, but I wanted to be um, a testimony to who God is and what we also need to do too. Right. We're we're partners with him, right? Exactly. Children and he wants the best for us, but we also have to be obedient and go do it. And I can't express that enough. We've got to do our part. We about this and share this with everyone and continue to share this the more it's like the more they hear it, the more they hear it, the more people will continue to go and get those mammograms. Exactly. Exactly. And I thought that's, um, that's why I think it's very important to have had you on the program, especially this month of the month of October and to share your story because I want people to live. I want them to realize, especially in the black community, like you said, there's not enough of us in the trials. You know, right. we need to be a part of that. If you are ever diagnosed or you know someone that is, you know, help someone else also while you're journeying through this process. That's it for this week. And thanks for listening. Go to my YouTube channel. They made it happen with Linda for excerpts of this episode and other episodes of my show. Make sure you subscribe so that you won't miss anything at all. Remember, be inspired, stay focused, and stay positive so that you too can join the ranks of They Made It Happen.